West Limerick 102, your community radio station. The following is the podcast of County Views as broadcast on the 9th of September 2020 from 9.30 to 11pm on West Limerick 102 FM. As this is the podcast of County Views, the phone lines and text lines are now closed. Please do not phone or text, otherwise you'll be charged. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061 314 948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. Good evening listeners, you're tuned to West Limerick 102 FM. My name is Pat O'Donovan, you're tuned to County Views and this programme goes out from now until 11 o'clock on this Wednesday night and as usual I'm joined by Tom Ryan. You're very welcome Tom. Thank you Pat. And by Michal O'Rean, a very well-known personality and wonderful community man as well. And Tom has got a call before he even stops. And that is a telephone call I'm referring to, and that's a call of nature and indeed. <laughs> yeah. And Michal, you're very, very welcome. Thanks a million, Pat. And okay. I, it's great to be here, and thank you for the invitation. It's my first time uh, on, on this radio station, my first time here. Uh, it's a fairly dark and lonely road in the lead-up, Pat, I will say that. It's, uh, it's but dark, dark times, yeah. Hard times, I suppose. Hard times, yeah. dark times. No. I suppose. But, yeah. uh, no, but it's, now having arrived then, uh, I must say it is a fine building and you have huge space in this studio. Yeah. It's a credit to you. Now, you were in Knockfearna last Saturday. What did I you think of what you saw up there? I didn't, having stopped and having tasted your generosity, uh, I had a look at the monuments. I had a look at all the stones there. I must say, you kind of have appropriated these, these uh, fairy uh, people and so on. Of course, where I come from, our side, we haven't done much about uh, uh, Queen Green. You know the the goddess. Uh, yeah. we, haven't done, we really haven't. Uh, we haven't much to say about her, really. Uh, and but I read on one of your uh, on one of your stones out there in Nakfirna that uh, uh, that I think there were four particular. There are four particular um, fairy queens. Fairy queens. Yeah. 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 And uh, I, I was just thinking that you seem to have a lot of work done in that area. And I think out in East Limerick, we have fallen down a little bit. We have, uh, well, we've documented it and we've a little bit of written about it in the local magazine and that. But um, uh, nothing well, as elaborate now as what you've wall, done. The wall is fairly elaborate ah, yes, overall. It's a lot And I loved some of the, I loved some of the, the, the Shanuckle and uh, some of the other writings in it. No, it is really nice. I mean, I'm going to come back. You'll allow me up the rest of it. And they said the only charge is close the gate. I saw that. Out. I saw that, yeah. yeah. Uh, mind you, yeah, you're not, you don't allow cars up much. Well, a lot of people walk from that yeah. rambling house from that point to Cow Park yeah. area. It's walking, walking. Oh, so with people, with children, old people walking. Yeah. It's that's why it's. I know I'm going to come back. I mean, the, yeah. the views from from the Rambling House and that. But we have no objection. Indeed, we would only recommend and encourage 
senior citizens mm. to drive through that All gateway. Right. Okay. And okay. it's a beautiful place for a picnic up further up the hill or yeah. to view. Yeah. But basically younger people or people that... How can many people would you get in the run of a year? Have you any idea? We didn't count them like that yet, but there would oh. be there could be forty cows there. Maybe of a fine Saturday or Sunday at a given time. And you've seen it, Tom. Have you been up there? Have you seen? I don't think you were there since the wall was done, Tom. Have no, you? Wasn't no, just no. the wall. It's fairly spectacular. Yeah, really, it really is. Great credit due to them. Great credit due to Pat and his 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 friends up there that have done wonderful work. You know. Yeah. yeah. And they, you know, that that has happened all over the country. Absolutely. Yeah. With volunteers, you know that. Mm-hmm. And I suppose to probably change from now on, it ought to just stop now, like, and, you know, but there's been great work done in every parish and Absolutely, every, yeah. you know. The, the element, Michael, of volunteering, is, is, compared to maybe 20, 30 years ago, you had a lot more people out doing things compared to the day the younger generation aren't inclined to get involved in the same manner, um, in numbers. I suppose that's true, because, uh, but I think it's it's not because of a lack of generosity. I'd say that it's more that people are just so busy nowadays with, with kind of uh, rearing families and trying to make ends meet. And yeah. I just think that people are just so busy. Uh, I mean, from our own part in Palace Green, um, I must say that we have a community council now, and there are maybe about 15 on it, and they're very, they're very committed to it, absolutely committed to it, and it, it's an amazing thing uh, that they are so committed. But I think other organisations have suffered a bit, all right, because it is very hard to, to get people to volunteer. Youth clubs now, for example, they're finding it difficult, and of course. None of that was made easier by all the regulations that were brought in around child protection and so on. Now, they were rightly brought in, of course, uh, but it has, made, it has made volunteering a whole lot more difficult, I think. Do you think, Tom, a little change in the times and people getting involved in this on a voluntary basis? And oh, yeah, but I, I, I tend to agree with you. Yeah. Patia, you know, I mean, <clears throat> a lot of younger people, a lot of, they have very little interest. I, I see a lot of them now, you know, there's times have changed and cultures have, have changed. I mean, you know, amazingly, like when, in my time of growing up in two different associations, and uh, I think Michael has hit the nail the head there with the regulations and the child protection and all this and personal data, and there are so many, you know, it's a different world altogether, and it's not going to improve because it discourages violence tears completely, you know, I mean, you're, you wonder what we're doing, you know, because, and then again, there's very little appreciation. And we discussed it here last Wednesday night to, to, uh, to a lesser degree with the Greenway here, the people that volunteered and the people that spend all their time and their energies and mm-hmm. their ambitions, and the day that it was recognised, there wasn't one of them there, it was their day, you know. Mm-hmm. And that, that has a tendency, that has happened as well. Yeah. The integration between officialdom and volunteers is very, very poor. Mm-hmm. And I, I would definitely recommend that always, I've been always involved in volunteers, mm-hmm. I mean, in volunteering, and Michael, you know, as well. My volunteering was was with the, mostly with the GA, like, mm-hmm. 
And uh, in saying that, I want uh, it's, it's one I haven't met Michael for a while. I must compliment him and thank him for his support. Always, he was one of my one of my few supporters and officialdom when times were were, were were difficult for me. And he always stood by what we were what we tried to do. And I want to thank you for that, Michael, Thanks. publicly tonight. Now, but Michael himself stood in the last election. I think Michael also, as Tom did, and uh, another man I often think about is Ger South, a wonderful, wonderful man, the Trojan work. And as for the three of you, and I would throw our own Christy Kelly in with you, fierce, genuine people, very genuine to the cause, and yet because they hadn't a, a big political party puffing and bluffing behind them and the money behind them to get nowhere, people put the parties before do a real proper look at the individual. Michael, do you agree? You can well, disagree with me if you like. <laughs> I wouldn't like to be, you know, I wouldn't like to overstate that. I mean, I think there are some very good people in, in all political parties. I mean, I think, and I, I would have met them and I would have admired them. I think it's a very difficult job to do, uh, being, being a councillor. Even I mean, I think it's a terribly difficult job to do uh, because you're all the time on call and there's always people pulling out of you, I'd say. And I'm talking about the ones getting elected. I'm not questioning what happens when they're in there. Well, yeah. but I'm saying there are very genuine people like yourself, Tom Ryan, able, honest, capable people. And Joe South was the other name. He did short to work down the city for yeah. the disabled and yeah. so forth. And all failed poorly enough really didn't get the recognition at all because you haven't the party 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 behind you big parties yeah, but i also admire people who you know start afresh and and work from the bottom up it like tom <laughs> always worked in adversity <laughs> you know and i admired that too you you can't always uh, you're not going to get immediate success i mean take the party i stood for which was uh, uh, in two right? they're not they were never going to have a pilot councillors elected or a uh, huge number of TDs. But, but what i admire about them is uh, that they stand for various principles Right, and I mean, whether you're elected or not, I think that's far more important than actually, um, you know, than have immediate success. Now, I think into will eventually build itself up to uh, maybe four or five percent. They're on two percent at the moment, which uh, you know, at the last at the last two elections when I was running, they weren't even on one percent. It's all about hard work, and it's all about. Um, people on the ground working hard. That's really the only way you'll be elected. And, um, you know, I stood in Limerick City. Uh, I stood in an, in an area, really, where I just worked, you know. Uh, I had contributed quite a bit to it, but uh, people don't view uh, a principal teacher, for example. Uh, they don't expect him to be mucking in at local meetings, and they much prefer to vote for somebody who's actually doing the job on the ground and uh, I think that's probably where I didn't have a, a, a base in where I stood but I admire people who stick at it and if you stick at it I mean for myself and Tom now it's probably too late the politics game but but uh, you know young people like, like 
small parties have some very good young people coming up and I think if they stick at it and earn it and earn it hard they'll appreciate it more and I think they'll make a better contribution when they get there eventually. We won't labour the point, but I still believe that the party politics thing, you have good genuine people being lost, Tom, because they're not part of the big party system. Well, at the end of the day, Pat, it's the people that decide themselves, you know, and the consequences like that lay, lay, lay on their shoulders as well, to elect the actual people. But, you know? Tom, you need big exposure. Well, you need big exposure, but you need people also to have have a conscience and have a have an idea, you know, that, that uh, and know what they're doing. And a lot of them will follow the flag anyway, you know, because their father did before, and that's still alive and well in Irish politics. There's no doubt about that. And you have the family, uh, you, you have the, the, the the small fiefdoms in the middle of the political parties and uh, to be honest about it I mean my experience of it was I, I you know I was it was <coughs> just out with my was, was a great friend of mine he was an idol of mine actually you know for the man for what he did for yeah. the, in the disability areas and in the trades areas as well you know he was he was 24 he was I don't know how he managed to just out just out and yes. uh, he was he, trade he, unions he, as well he, oh, Trade union, does I mean like in the in the in, in the trades council and the trade union? So I spent some time with him, Tom. More so than ever. And I, I give you a little example again, you know, of of, um, of you know people thinking and officialdom thinking. I uh, w we had a famous a famous victory in '97 in down in in a, in the, the, the famous day against Galway. That I the, the people said. Can I, I, can, I, I can I can I can I come in there, Tom? No, you can can't. I come in there, Tom? That was a day you won the league and was sacked on your way home. No, I was sacked <laughs> long before that. I was gone. Uh, and anyway, actually, I saw a photograph of it last night that a, a lad from Dublin sent me with his with his child. We were photographed that day, and I said to myself, I, I look very grim in it. I look very down in, you know, in the photograph. But after the game, anyway, which was a tremendous game against Galway, they had been unbeaten in the league, and we had kind of slipped up in the in the championship in '97 against Tip, and oh, I was disappointed with, with our performance in Tullus. We just things went wrong for us. But anyway, at that time there was Tidden Light. Now there was no second chance or third chance or a, or a round robin or anything. It was one day and you were in or out, and people tend to forget that as well. But anyway, after the after the actual game. I was interviewing who were, but anyway, I, they asked me what were, what, what we explained about the, you know, about, the, about the win, which was a great win, and it was really, we were delighted with, with the win, and it was a national title. So this, this, that's what would I like? Well, I said, there's one thing I'd like, I said, to, to happen now. It was in October, it was a beautiful day in October, and uh, I said, wouldn't it be great, I said, no, if we had, if we, uh, I'd like to challenge Claire, I said, here, here today, they're all Ireland champions, we're league, National League champions across the, both across the Shannon, and to, and, and to challenge them, I said, and to have, have a, a match, I said, a game like the Charity Shield in England, where we, and let the winners take all, let it go to Claire Care or to Limerick Friends of the Mentally Handicapped. You know, I said, it is one opportunity. It was a real fourteen at the top. Of the, you know, I didn't get one, one single supporter at any level 
for that. You know, it goes to show, like, I mean, the selfishness of it, the actual how people, you know, were, couldn't grasp the idea. Mm. And look at the, look at the time, what would you, what it would have raised for two of the best causes that you could get, like. So, I mean, that'll tell you, like, about people and, and official look. No, I want to make another point about what you were talking about, the party system. You know, I mean, it's... There are huge disadvantages, too, in more recent years of being in the party system. I mean, look what Enda Kenny did to the people who opposed his edict on the whole uh, abortion question. I mean, he pummeled them out of the party, people like Lucinda Creighton, uh, just because they didn't agree with his edict on, 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 on that whole question. So sometimes within the party system, if you have a particular belief... I mean, I think you can suffer gravely nowadays because the, the, there's, you know, the, the, the whip system is so tight and it, it, they want the party leaderships in both, part, both main parties. I mean, they, they, I think they agree on certain things and they won't brook any dissent. Would and you I think, think that, that that has been one of the one of the real downsides of the party system. I mean, I would never forgive Inda Kenneth for what he did. Would you think occasion. our democracy is really a kind of a controlled dictatorship? I think it is. I think that, and and and, and uh, I think um, that there's. The present government, for example, to have uh, the two large parties just deciding for everybody, I mean, they can't be questioned at all, to be honest now. They can't be questioned. They have such a huge majority. Well, Tom, 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 not a good thing. Tom Mihal is uh, given out about Indy Kenny and uh, Creighton lady who lost, who lost literally everything else. But so Mihal Martin rode roughshod in a similar manner. He just <coughs> ignored the decision of the, the meeting where they were anti-abortion. And he decided uh, ignore that lot and we'll go for abortion. He, he went in favour. Yeah, well, I that, that's, that's a fact. Yeah. I mean, the point that Michal is making is is one hundred percent correct. But you see, I have one one. We tend here, like I mean, in, in general, and we've debated it here in numerous programs. Like we we blame somebody. We want to blame Indy Kenny. We want to blame Michal Martin. And I totally agree with you. Within a political party, you, you, you are definitely, like, I mean, constrained in your opinion, which is an awful pity, and which is the actual cause of where we stand now. Maybe to, because, you see, every, everyone, all the political, uh, the, the political generation and the pe people that are in politics, the one thing that governs them all is fear. They're afraid of their lives. Mm -hmm. They're afraid of, of another opinion. They're afraid of someone starting a, a different... Have, maybe having a different, having an argument with him over a legitimate point, yeah. and and what you're saying is is 100 correct. But you see, at the end of the day, the end of the day, they are all elected by people. You see, Michal. Mm -hmm. I mean, you see, and they, they, that is what they have to. We are seeing an example of it today in London in the House of Commons, Absolutely. where we have Johnson after turn up, but we see an international agreement, a very very yeah. important international agreement, and. No, he has actually, in actual fact, he's been, he's been like, I mean, 
he'd been lambasted all over the place, even by the Tories themselves. But it'll be very important. It'll be very interesting to see how many will vote against it, mm. you see. So, like, the point about it is, it, now, it, it is a dictatorship to a point, Pat. I agree with you there, like, I mean, a leadership. And it's a pity. But it's the people that put them down in the first place, and they can remove them, but they won't, you see. We have a question. Can anyone <coughs> on tonight's panel explain, you're after referring to it, explain to ordinary mortals how Boris Johnson has broken the terms of the withdrawal agreement with the EU, Red Key listener, exactly what did he break? What, what's the detail of what they're shouting he, about? He, he has broken the, the withdrawal agreement. Like, in, uh, I, I mean, with the, the British withdrawal agreement and the Irish and the Irish and, and the Northern Ireland aspect of that, the Irish. Which what part of it or what exactly does it involve? Well, it involves that, that, that he has torn up now the agreement that Theresa May made, first of all, and that he made it and where the, the paper all over the place that was a tremendous inter- a, a, a agreement and looked for president and got it, and he got support for it, and he got elected on it to a point, and now he has torn it up. And uh, he has just said that it doesn't apply, so he starts picking holes in it. Which is some aspects of it, not all of it, I believe. Well, no, but I think that the aspect... Do you understand exactly what... No, exactly. I can't say, no, that I'd be... I mean, no. what Tom has said is basically what it's about. But that's the gist of it, but, but well, it's no, only his, say, pick, his, his nitpicking, I Well, think. you see, the big question is, and they agreed this... Uh, and it took them weeks upon weeks to Months. agree it. Yes, that, that the border, yeah. that the border for European goods, <laughs> right, that they could uh, uh, go through freely. Um, the not that there was no, there was to be no bother for Irish goods to go north through the border, and they wouldn't be stopped, and so on. And really, I suppose what was kind of agreed at that stage in. In, in all but kind of terminology was that the border would be on the Irish Sea, that really that that Ireland was to be allowed to kind of trade freely and it was to be the best of worlds for Northern Ireland, which best is both worlds, You're right both there, worlds for choice, Northern yeah. Ireland because they would uh, the goods from the Republic could go north and vice versa and European goods really uh, you know that the north when they wished, could be part of Europe, and uh, at other times then they could declare to be part of Great Britain. So it is that's, I think that's the nub of the issue. The, he wants to, in some way now, to unravel that, which it took months to agree, and it led to the, it led to the resignation of uh, Theresa May, and I should have said there also, Mike and Kilmallock, can the panellists give their view on the latest news on Boris Johnson's U-turn on Briggs withdrawal? So, Mike and Kilmallock, we're discussing it. Yeah. But Johnson, you see, has has, has um, the happy neck, you see. He has Dominic Cummings behind him, this, this character, like, and that's what he is, the character that comes up with these one-liners. And, uh, you know, like, let's get it done with was the main, you know, let's get Brexit done. That was his main, theory. I mean, his main catch cry in, 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 in the general election. And he got a very, very strong majority in the election, due, in fact, to the inability of the Labour Party to put any kind of a, of a concise 
plan or even uh, an election manifesto together. They were all arguing amongst themselves over ideologies. But in, in actual fact, you see, I mean, Johnson has a different, he has a different, like, a line for every day. He's not to be a dependent, he's a lawyer, a con man as well, and he has been, and he's noted for that. There's nothing, there's nothing like, I'm reading about that. He's well known for that. But you see, the English situation... Now we're safe now in calling we somebody are, a liar. We are, plenty. Yeah, sure, you know, you're he, he, he couldn't tell the truth. He, I mean, he, he might you know, make statements that mightn't um, be consistent with other statements he'd make. You can, you well, Skipper and Eagle can do it. <laughs> you can butter it, you can bust it up anywhere you like. Russia. But the, the thing about it is that uh, he, he has, like, succeeded, you see, in, in bringing this right-wing British conservatism, like, to the fore. We're for Britain, we're for the Crown, we're this and we're that. And he has got, it has got him a long way, like, it's got him into into number 10, mm-hmm. I mean, in a very strong position. And even the most, the most, like, I mean, you might like English politics or, or you know, but th- there is a tradition there. And they have a lot of, you know, th- th- in recent years, the standards have dropped amazingly in the last, especially in the last, I mean, the last government was sure, like, with, with, with the carry-on of them, you know, they're in the commons. But at the same time, Pat, you see, like, he has now, he's back at the wall now, you see. And although he has a strong majority, he still wants to have a free trade agreement with Europe. That means that all things are the same. He he can export his uh, his goods and the British goods into the European market, but he doesn't have to pay anything. He has to pay. He hasn't to contribute to the European fund. He hasn't to the European economy. And as a result of that, then he says, "Oh, we're laughing all the way back. We can invest on." I think he put up a side of the buses that he'd have a couple of million a week for the health services early on. You know, so that's what he's at. You're tuned to West Limerick 102 FM. If you want, this program is going out live on this Wednesday night until 11 o'clock. If you want to call in or text in, Jason Smith is ready and willing and able to take all your messages 0696600 or 0871669800. And we'll be going to that break in about five minutes. Maureen McGuinness, um, Ireland's Commissioner. Yeah, a very able lady, I would say. I mean, I think that uh, I'm not sure that it was in this country's best interest to basically force the resignation of of uh, the last man. I, I'm not because I think that we were, as they say, what uh, biting your nose to save your face or whatever. I just thought that. It was a media campaign. I thought uh, it's uh, the media, of course, are whether we like it or not, they have a huge influence in this country, and I think they influenced a lot of that particular campaign. And personally, I can only speak for myself. And I'm not speaking for my party or anybody else, but personally, I didn't believe it was a good move. Uh, I think the man. Uh, had done wrong. Uh, I don't. Uh, he comes across as quite a, an abrasive type of person who, I suppose, thinks he can do what he likes. Uh, that's the way he came across, certainly. But I think, all in all, I think sometimes you have to bite your tongue for the sake of the greater good. Yeah, and I think it was a mistake. So I just. And uh, and I. I mean. Um, uh, 
I've never supported Fine Gael. I so. understand under the Lisbon Treaty, mm. Ireland were entitled to nominate one name, one person for yeah. commissioner. Yeah. And this president of the European Union, she told them she wanted two names. She did. And she also told them she wanted a female. Yes. Even though Ireland, under the Lisbon Treaty, were entitled to submit just one name of their choice. Yes. So we have been dictated to, and we are well, bowing to the... Well, the situation as it, as it happened uh, just put the ball into her court. I mean, we, having lost the commissioner and having forced him out of office, and, and our politicians didn't give him any support, but in that situation, um, she had all the all the aces. Well, she didn't have the ace because under the Lisbon Treaty, Ireland are entitled to submit one name for a commissioner. I, I accept that, but in the but situation... She didn't allow them to... No, but as, as that situation unfolded, it just took all power away from the politicians here in Ireland. They really had no power. She wanted a woman, just quite obvious she wanted a woman, and... Uh, Ireland's in call, order, not her call. Yeah, but... Yes, but our politicians, by uh, listening to the media in particular, right, they had put the, backed themselves up against the wall. They were powerless, really, in the whole situation. And, I mean, she wanted to balance up, uh, you know, she obviously believes in gender quotas. She wanted to balance up the whole thing. So I think it was she a mess. She balanced for a long, I long time before she get a balance. There's so much out of balance anyway. Tom. Yeah, but <laughs> she, possibly, she possibly had even named the woman she wanted. We don't know what yeah, we're talking A member about. of her own European party. Yeah, so look, I mean, it's, it's... But I, you know, I go back to the point, I think that we just... I think it was a, a mistake for us to I'm do. sorry, we'll hold you till after sorry. the ads. Jason, we'll go to an ad break and we'll continue that debate when we come back. Otherwise, Tom, will be chopping you in the middle of it. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061-314-948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. You are listening to the podcast of County Views as broadcast on the 9th of September 2020 from 9.30 to 11pm on West Limwick 102 FM. As this is the podcast of County Views, the phone lines and text lines are now closed. Please do not phone or text, otherwise you'll be charged. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limwick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061-314-948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. Welcome back, folks. Welcome back, Tom. We, Maureen McGuinness, we were wondering how, whether you consider her suitable for the job, or was she maybe a bit too timid for the, whatever, maybe too shy or anything like that? No, she's an she's also an abrasive character. She she's she's some nick as well. And I suppose we probably need that as well, you know. But I listened to her now there putting out her C V for the job there a, a week or a fortnight ago. I mean it was laughable, you know. I mean if I ever heard of anyone, you know, really and truly like this was handled in in, in a shambolic way because really and truly like I mean Coveney was the man like that that should have been I mean nominated. But of course when the commissioner 
that when the president of, uh, of the commission looked to have um, looked to have a gender balance. Now I'm, I have no time for gender balances because I, I say that we're talking about ability and we're talking about I don't care if there was 12 women or 20 women or 20 men, it wouldn't worry me once they were capable and doing their job. I did that's the gender balance that I that I think of. But it should have been uh, it should have been a decision for the Irish government. As Michal has rightly said, they, they they submitted really tamely and timidly to the to the media onslaught, and they hadn't they, they hadn't the balls, or they hadn't the, they hadn't the capability of standing up and say, look, we'll decide who goes to Europe. That's our job, and that's our that's it's our choice. And uh, as regards like Hogan, tis, I mean Phil Hogan, good written to him. He's no loss. He should never be in the first place. He was here, and he he didn't leave a great trail after him here. And uh, any commissioner uh, getting probably half a million a year, uh, you know, half a million euros a year that he could be playing golf in three or four places here around in the middle of the crisis and even in the middle of serious negotiations with uh, with, with uh, the, the European Union and that and also the recent uh, trade agreement with Brazil when they're bringing in a, a million tons of Brazilian beef all, all inferior stuff and and second rate stuff in, in, in here loaded with antibiotics and um, and that was his, and he said, well, that's it. I mean, I, I can, I'm not doing anything about it because we, we want to sell, the Germans want to sell cars to Brazil. So, I mean, what loss is he? And, and, and to make it better still, three months ago, the neck of him, he wanted to become president or chairman of the World Trade Organization for the went. So, I mean, I think myself, the time we copped us around this country, like, and, 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 and said, like, what's going on? Which are, I suppose that's where we are and that's where we'll stay. Well, I suppose, off air there, we were talking about the, the, the most laughable part of the whole thing is that the male in question is an expert on finance and uh, she gets the job ahead of him. She has no financial background at all and uh, uh, she gets a job which is all about finance ahead of the man who was expert on it. So, I mean, I agree totally with you. And not alone that, Michal. Not alone is it all about finance, but it's about it's about um, it's about regulation, and it's yeah. about it, it's about what 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 the actual the the, uh, the regulations within the industry, and and, and yes. it's a, it's a very very serious. And she hasn't a clue about that. And it's on top of that, one of our contributors here, a very good contributor, Christy Kelly, was the Pat. Yeah. Mm -hmm. he, yep. he actually wrote to her. We say like, I mean, after the last year. European election, or prior to the last European election, what was that about, Pat? Was it about um, the meet from South America? That, uh, that, uh, yes, that's right. About, deal, about, the, yeah, about the deal. Mm. And uh, Sean Kelly, what did Sean Kelly say? Sean Kelly said. Kelly replied that he knew nothing about it. He replied, imagine Sean Kelly to reply about it. And Sean Kelly, every time you open the paper, he's looking out at you or the television. I don't know what he is. He, said, he didn't reply at all. She hadn't the courtesy of a reply. These are the people that are, are representing us in Europe. You know, and again, you see, they have they have these these media gurus behind them, and they have these PR people that they can promote them, and uh, we don't look beyond that, and that's that's the reason we are where we are today in a right mess. MacDowell, her other candidate going with her was his vice president of the European Bank, highly highly qualified in finance, 
she is just a journalist and a politician, I suppose you'd say, as well, for 16 years in Europe. No qualifications whatsoever. She's the same party as that president of the European Parliament, and that's how it goes. We have another one uh, text in here back about uh, one no vice message as well. Now back this one. Someone said to me today, Boris Johnson will get the best deal possible for England. There is no point in the EU whinging. The negotiations will be tough and in from colour. Yeah, well, He's doing his best yeah, for England. The negotiations, you see, are, are practically complete. There's only two issues to be, to be, but they're serious issues. You see, the English economy, what they, I don't know what... what Bernier, he's a, he's a very experienced man and a very nice man and a huge team behind him, a very, very prominent people, you know, all sorts of economists and the whole lot. But I, th I think that the two words regards common sense. Because what they should have done today was, when this thing broke in, they should have said, lads, we'll talk to you when you're serious about what you're doing. And packed their bags and, and went back to Brussels and said, look, we have no more to do with you. And let them, you see, what, what Johnson wants, he wants to um, to be able to, to, for the borrow billions from where, no one knows, because they haven't to themselves. So in order to support the industry, that, that will be badly affected by the withdrawal. And he also wants to take over the total Atlantic and every sea that's around the sea and Atlantic and all in the fisheries area. Mm -hmm. And he wants to, those are the two main issues. And I think that, that at the end of the day, I mean, you have to stand up and be counted because if, if like, he has broken the last, the, uh, the withdrawal agreement, sure, what point is that doing another agreement with him? None yes. whatsoever. And, and John Major made that point, the former Prime Minister. He came yes, out with a statement to They're say, who could ever trust them again if yeah. they won't keep their agreements? <laughs> You see, and that is that is the, really the problem uh, that, that European now, Union face. Can we leave that there, lads? But right. our, 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 just yeah. before we leave it, you see, this, I mean, it looks like now as if there'll be no trade agreement. That is what he kind of wants, and that's what he's gambling on. Mm. And his chances are, because this is only a, a, a red herring that's not being produced, mm. you see, at the end of the day. And, but he has... He has he, pulled a lot of red herrings, red herrings of himself yeah. and um, Cummings out of the bag. But to see what's going to happen here is like is is that we in this country here and we have a small economy but is a, a, a vibrant one in in in, in and or, or in the area of agriculture and in industry and in especially in, in, in the um in, in telecommunications and all that. But you see we'll have to be prepared here to take the heat here, regardless. You see, we have more than growing now. Oh, we, our farmers are going to be hit a whole lot. But there's a lot of people hit with the virus and there's a lot of virus. So, like, this is on, coming down the road on top of that. So we'll have to be a very strong, strong here, like, in our response to this. And not whinging or saying, oh, we're going to lose this, we're going to lose Say, look, leave them go. Let him have that agreement. Let him go and 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 let him trade on world trade, like I mean terms, and we see how they get on. Yeah. And and and, and it, it's worth the gamble because I mean the other way you want to lose anyway. Yeah, yeah. It's probably it's as somebody described it. It's probably just saber rattling. You know that. I wonder do would they would they break those agreements? Would they? Do you think, Tom, that the 
did have no hesitation in breaking None whatsoever. Should yeah. have to shouldn't he say just that the Northern, I mean, the Northern Secretary said that we're breaking into we're breaking this illegally? Yeah. No, he didn't care. Now, there's a way to go on it anyway, and I'm sure we'll be discussing it next week and the week after again, Tom, Michael. So, Bridge, I don't know who, from Tuberin County Clare, board member of Board Falta Ireland. She resigned during the week. She was one of those that headed off on holidays out to Spain and to her holiday home out there. In July, she went on holidays there and again in August. At the same time, she's a member of the board that they're supposed to be recommending that people should holiday in Ireland. She's the second member to resign. Tom? Yeah, she's a very able lady, you know, <laughs> a clear woman like. Yeah. And... Um, Again, she'd be the, she'd be the, the, the brains behind the pennies organisation, you know. Yeah. Uh, what, what, what do they say in their tree? What? The Quitmark or something, is it? Yeah. Whatever they are in Yeah, Primark, yeah. And uh, a very, very wealthy woman now. And she has, you, you know, a very interesting character as well. And uh, again, you see, it shows you the, the type of people that have been put on these boards. And the chairman, like, I mean, you know, when they do what I say, not what I do, that is, uh, you see, this is, uh, and this is another situation. Sure, Tom, they're really only cozy appointments by political but parties but and nothing without any genuine interest in what their board like, are on. I mean, was, 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 been, I mean, Brendan Moore was on, was on, on board and a gun, Greyhound board, and one of the most in, when the most forward-thinking and most I mean, energetic, and I mean, you could ever, you could ever, you could ever, ever, ever meet in a day's walk, and uh, he like w w was put on the board. And if you saw, and I was like closely liaising with him and dealing with him, if you saw how I was on that on that board, like all appointed by politics, in, including two or three by Mr. Phil Hogan, the man we mentioned here, they were only there for the gravy train. Any interest in greyhounds? None at all. Only getting expenses and getting a, a, yeah, yeah. A, and a salary every year 12 or 15,000 plus their expenses yeah. and they wouldn't you would, they wouldn't run a bat like them the most you wouldn't, send them for, you wouldn't send them for a message Michael and boards and all these yeah, organisations I, mean, I, I wouldn't uh, I don't have a strong view on it I've got to say now and I suppose for a politician to admit that is is well a, a wannabe politician like myself but I don't have a strong view on it because I mean in, in this sense that, look, if we're to be high and mighty about these things, like the politicians do not give example to people. You mentioned these people that go on boards and they, they get all sorts of expenses. Our TDs were not sitting at all and they were getting travel expenses, okay? So for months there when there was a lockdown, our own TDs were, but they're all high and mighty about this particular woman who went off to, we don't know the circumstances of this woman. Perhaps that, um, you know, you, we just don't know what was going on in that family. Well, you, well whatever no. was going on in the family, she's a host of Spain. And, like, and, and uh, that's it, that is her own business. And she's yeah, a very yeah, wealthy individual. Yeah. She's, she's a multimillionaire. Yeah. And, and again, but you see, the point we're making is the point that, that passes around up and down, or that has the, the question that has come in is that people that are, in, that are appointed to these prestigious positions you know, and like we had a chairman as well. Like I mean, you, he's the boss, and he was in Italy. 
the home, like in outside of China, oh. at the start of the yeah. there. No, I oh. accept that, but, but the point is, Pat, sorry, Pat. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, look, when you're in a position like that, in a, a promotion situation where you're, where you're, produ- where you're promoting, I suppose, be promoting tourism, that's why you're put in there, you see, and that is the general idea of these boards. They're for promotion and they're to run an industry, a huge industry like this, in real crisis now, and you go away and you spend your time in Spain. Well then, and he spends his time in Italy, two of the of the most senior people that are in the tourist industry, paid for by the taxpayer, that gives the two fingers to, to the, the whole policy of the of the the people at the corporate yeah, but, and of the government as well. Yeah, but you know, the other side of that argument is the people who, again now, it will be the media plus the uh, uh, members of the government and so on who will get rid of these people. Now that would be fine and well if the politicians and the media, if they were all above board and if they weren't trying to cover their backsides as well and, and claiming expenses and pushing buttons for other TDs to come and go from their constituencies without any of us knowing. So if, if right was right by all means if the politicians and the press could could come out and say uh, you know, we don't do this sort of thing. We don't have this sort of carrying on. Well, then I'd say fair enough, but it's not a level playing pitch. And I just think it's, I just think that some of these things are just, they're media driven nowadays. And sometimes I think some people have to say stop. And I would be one of them, I think that. But nobody disagrees with you, Michael. Nobody, disagree, nobody could disagree with you because any, if you claim expenses that, that you're not entitled to, that's fraud. Like, I mean, that's Robert. Yeah. That's the same as the fellow going in and like and rob the post office. Because you're They're all high and mighty said, then when this woman goes off to Spain to, you see, because she has a house out there. I mean, like, but you see, the point, the, the, the point is that I want to make it to you is that I, 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 admit, I, I can't draw a comparison to what you're saying. I, what you're saying is correct, but the issue that we're talking about is a person that's appointed to run an industry, the board runs it, the industry, like, plus the, with the minister. That. I know that. It's our job to run it. It's not our job to be out in Spain, and it's not the chairman's job to be in Italy. That's the point we're making. She, no, she was a board no member of an organisation which was promoting holidays to holiday in Ireland and not to be going out to foreign, not to be going to Spain. She was a member of that board, but it doesn't. she didn't seem to practice what she was preaching. Hello, Pat. Can the panel please give their view on the following? Limerick-based medical consultant agrees tax settlement with revenue. Uh, Limerick-based medical consultant has agreed a settlement with the revenue commissioners totaling almost 600,000. According to the latest list of tax defaulters, Dr. Kevin Hickey, a well-known gynecologist with an address 21 Ascot Towers, O'Connell Avenue, Limerick, has paid 598,761 and 59 cents relating to under declaration of income tax. The settlement includes 318,322 in tax, 184,000 in interest and penalties totaling 95,496 and 82 cents. Separately accompanied Dr. Kevin Hickey Unlimited, also of the same address in O'Connell Avenue, reached settlement for 1.216 million and the company has been described by the revenue as a medical service provider. The settlement which relates to the under declaration of corporate and tax PRSI USC and includes 622, 311 
and in tax 407,191 in interest and 186,693 in penalties. And then another case is to Limerick ones, landlord Abdol one had been inclined to be going back Michael Ryan in time Abdullah Dolbul the mayor <laughs> that famous song from long ago now you're quoting Percy French yeah back be careful Michael back <laughs> back we could sing a verse of it yeah. Tommy back <laughs> to the, the the email Mr. Landlord Abdul Wahid has been also included in the latest list of tax defaulters Mr. Wahid who has an address of 10 Charind Karen Derry Rivers and a cutty has paid a total of 57,250 relating to the declaration of income tax and VAT. The settlement includes 31,576 in tax, 13,019 in penalties and 12,000 in penalties again. Nationally, 25 settlements were agreed with the revenue during the second quarter of 2020. These have a total value of 8.5 million. Myra Howard Adair. Thank you very much, Myra. And you nearly had me going back in time there with Abdullah Dolbul, the mayor. A fine lot of money, and they're the bigger ones. And the only surprise was that Tom Ryan and myself didn't appear in it as well. I would have about Michael Ryan. Michael well, is taxed. I hope that Michael Ryan, Michael Ryan is taxed before he gets it. I'm only public servant, Tom. The rest of us just, we try to hold, pay as much tax as we can. I think that's what I'm supposed to say, isn't it? Well, so thank you, Myra Howard, in a dare. Now, that's the. And I would just say in response to that, look, the people should pay their taxes, I think. Uh, the, the tax system is not fair in Ireland, I would say. I mean, you have these multinational companies, they're supposed to pay, what is it, 12.5% uh, corporation tax. And uh, they're not paying that. They're paying something a lot less than that, maybe half of it, because they have every sort of a loophole to get out of paying it. And we'd be a very wealthy country, actually, uh, if, if, if they did pay their 12.5%. Uh, so I think people should pay their taxes, because uh, if everybody contributes, well, then I think it, it makes a huge difference. So we and I wouldn't, really no, I wouldn't really comment on those cases in, in the sense that uh, I think the system, the, the revenue commissioners, that system seems to work well. Uh, it, you know, and it is important that if people are not paying their taxes, that, that there is a punishment there. And, uh, you know, they've paid heavily now. It is very high, isn't it? Well, I wouldn't be... I, I, I'm not here, or I don't think any of us can... We can't be judging people or whatever, and I, I wouldn't engage in that. I'm saying the penalties are very high. Well, the penalties are high, yeah, and, and that, that's as it should be, because you have to uh, you have to discourage people from not paying, you know, you have to discourage people uh, from avoiding tax paying. So, look, they've been caught, they've been punished, and uh, I hope they just get on with their lives now. Well, I mean, I, I agree with Michael that everybody should pay their taxes, and I mean everybody, you know, and, and, and we have our surface of tax exiles and tax-free exiles and all that here to avoid, you know, how, when we're going to sit into them. I've had my uh, dealings with the revenue, and uh, I, we have a very unfair system, right, and uh, we have a very unequal system as well. If our, if our companies, which are, we are now, I mean, 
taken the European Court, uh, the European Union, I think the court over money that is owed to us. I often had people taking people to court over money they were, that they were owed, but I never had the people taking money that they weren't owed. 13 billion is lying in the, over in the, in the banks in, in, the, in Brussels. Because we don't want it, we said we're not entitled to it. Just didn't know it was at all. And this is the Apple situation. And uh, you, you know that I feel myself that uh, that there should be a very fair system of 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 tax. It's unequal. There are too many loopholes there that people can get out of. We have our we we've had our multi billionaires here, and due to like Charles Hayes campaign in his time here with his friends, they're all they're dealing in a tax-free industry mostly, and not alone that, but that's supported to the tune of 100, 100 million as well. So, like, there are there's vast sums of money to be collected, uh, and could be used properly. It's badly wanted in the economy, and it's badly wanted in the exchequer. But you see, it's like everything else. The man that the PAM man he's hit, he has no escape. The the other one, the, um, the fly by night, he can he can chance it and he might get off and he might get you know it's a it's a it's a total disaster in my book. And the one aspect of it I, is that that the revenue are bullies as well. They threaten you and and they have and I I know I'm not saying I'm not speaking here now out of context. I know what I'm talking about okay. in my own dealings with them, and uh, they're actually they're, they're actually bullies and they threaten you and you're often here when a new tax would be would be taught Brian, or we let the revenue collect that. That means they'll threaten you, you're afraid of the revenue, and they're all, they're part of, they're part of our system. It's important that everybody pays their tax money and vital, but it's not happening, and it's not happening in the industrial front, and this is where Moraine McGuinness now is going to walk into confrontation with the Irish government, and their system here, because they're actually not collecting the 12 point but then, in actual fact, some of them are paying no tax yeah. at all. You see, and that is a, a, a disgrace because if everybody paid a fair amount, well, then we would have a lot more money. But like, and we would be able to to do an awful lot of things that we can't do at the moment. And especially coming down the road, which was facing us with with the bills and the actual the consequences of the of the of, of the virus, and it, now the Brexiting. But you see. Is Ireland and to the northern wing job, and that also that also goes into the revenue. You're tuned to West Limerick 102 FM. My name is Pat O'Donovan, and this is County Viewers going out every Wednesday night from half past nine until eleven. Repeat tomorrow evening seven o'clock until half past eight. If you want to call in or text in 0696262000, telephone 0696262000 or 0871669800. And Jason Smith is ready, willing, and able to take all your calls and pass them on here to us. So you have just 35 minutes left for any messages. Billy Maguire, thank you, Billy. And you're on my list, Billy. I have to get back to you on another matter. Billy Maguire, this recent Brexit UK government breaking agreement it has happened before on the 6th of December 1921 when the UK government scrapped the will of the people of the 14th of December 1918. The 32 county election was won on the 28th of December, ratified on January 21st, 1919. It was broken on the 6th of December 1921. Thank you, Billy. 
and how right you are. And another takes just want to say how much I look forward to your program every week. What can I say about Tom Ryan? A great panelist and debater, no doubt Tom was a contributor to our local radio for many years. Sadly, it closed down. Keep up the good work, County Limerick listener. Well, I do hope, County Limerick listener, that you do consider this station our local radio station. It covers all of West Limerick and a bit beyond and to outer areas as well and to County Clare and different places. And we're delighted with all the feedback we get from different areas. And we are doing our best to survive financially, which is not easy in these difficult times with businesses closing and many villages, literally more shops closed and open nowadays. Very, very sad indeed in, in even larger towns. And it also looks like with the present pandemic that the high streets, as they were well known, there might be high streets, but there'll be a lot of closed up buildings and doors with the trend for people working from home and many, many not able to cope and also with online shopping. So change times indeed. Uh, Tom Rind, what can you say about yourself there that you're a great panellist? So I don't think you want to comment on that. Well, no, but I just want to add a little bit to the revenue situation, Pat, you know, there, because it is a, a crucial part of, of our country and our, our ways and means of being able to carry out our services, especially our public services. I know that, uh, that you see, that there is, that it isn't, an ev it isn't a level playing pitch. And uh, in my deliberation with him, now I'm a very small operator here, and uh, and a compliant operator as well, a compl uh, uh, in the family line, <clears throat> and very compliant all all my life, as, as it should be. And uh, my situation was with an, with an audit that they that they threw at me. No problem. I have no problem with others because I mean everything I had was being well represented by uh, by a, a national accounting company, but. You see, to, 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 for to, you have to deal with these people to, for to know how they operate. And when they, when they actually, I mean, levied me with a, with a fine or with a charge, you know, and, and I, it was interesting then you know, for, for to see those items you mentioned. You mentioned expenses, costs, and, 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 and fines. So the, uh, the first one was, was 100000 that was that was the fourth figure, and uh, so I mean, came out the blue letter. Arrived into the overman. I said, "God Almighty!" I said, "This is good." You is know, there any wonder suicide is so high? <laughs> this is a fact, and it's important, like because this is facts. No, there was they weren't entitled to one brass copper, not a mind a hundred thousand, like, and. Then, when I spoke and discussed my situation with my accountants, uh, they said, no, it isn't 100, it's 45. Well, no, there's a big gap between 100 and 45. And I still said, look, I said, come here, hold on a minute now here. This is, there's something wrong here. But in the deliberations anyway, and my, and my communication with them, they offered that they wouldn't publish my name. Now, they published all those people there, 
They, are, they, they, they said that they wouldn't publish my name. I didn't care what they published my name, said, ma'am. Mm-hmm. My name is in the paper, I said, and, and it wouldn't worry me for to have my name published that I owed money mm-hmm. to the revenue or owed money to anyone because always my policy was to pay my way. Yeah. And thank God I did that and still able to do it. But for a, a small operator, and when you see the actual, the, the ranchers, the, the, our tax exiles, and our beef barons, our industries, and the money that they have, that, that they are actually allowed to not to pay tax on. It's an absolute disgrace the way they can intimidate people and the way they can bully people. And that's what they do. Mm-hmm. And this is the situation. And that was my experience with them. Yeah. But I took them on anyway. It is half past ten, folks, and you're tuned to County Views, West Limerick, 102 FM. And if you want to call in or text in 0696600-0876698800, and we'll go to an ad break and we'll be back to you shortly. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061 314 948 Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors TOD.ie You are listening to the podcast of County Views as broadcast on the 9th of September 2020 from 9.30 to 11pm on Westlinwick 102 FM. As this is the podcast of County Views, the phone lines and text lines are now closed. Please do not phone or text, otherwise you'll be charged. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061 314 948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. Welcome back, listeners. You're tuned to Western Mic 102 FM. My name is Pat O'Donovan, and our panelists tonight are Tom Ryan and Michal O'Reen, and Jason Smith is on the desk. And we're looking at uh, Con Crimmon. What did you say, Con? I should read it first, Con, shouldn't I, before I... The forestry in West Limerick, all the timber is being taken to a processing plant in Watford, no employment opportunities in Limerick, damaged roads, local Limerick people upset, false premises of jobs. Panel, please discuss. Was it the Lisbon Treaty, Tom, uh, Con, or was it the other treaty? Both just for jobs, and I think we finished up with about 200,000 people unemployed after that one. Hi, Pat and Tom. Grant to hear ye there again with a good show as always, which I love. And that gentleman on the panel sounds very nice. Now, Michal. Well, that's nice uh, to hear. Maybe I'm a little bit, sorry, I just interject there. Maybe I'm a little bit too nice, actually, (laughs) because uh, just in reference to the last topic we were talking about, uh, it's really eye-opening to listen to Tom's experiences of dealing with the revenue commissioners. And all I would say is, uh, you know, we don't, I don't know the circumstances of any of those people, uh, but uh, the one thing I do know, the one thing I've hated for all of my life, and that is bullying. 
I cannot abide it. It takes place sometimes in the workplace and in other places, and I just cannot abide it. And, uh, you know, if stories of uh, revenue commissioners being bullies would be true, well... I the banks as well. We've yes, that's of true. Stories of that so, I mean, Tom took them on, so if people think they're, they're uh, unfairly treated in this latest list or whatever, you know, um, I suppose maybe they should try to take them on, but it's very hard, as you found out, Tom. It's very hard, you see, yeah, because you yeah. see, you're dealing with you're dealing with the establishment, you're dealing with faceless people as well. Yeah. You see, and 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 uh, like, and especially the, as Pat has rightly said, it, it's serious pressure, yeah. and uh, you you would want to be a very strong individual. Absolutely. You know, and you see, and it shows as well when you do things right, like um, when you're above board and when you have not when you have not died yeah. and still be hit with with yeah. this. Absolutely. Bullying tactics, and that's what they are bullying tactics, you know. Yeah. And and you see, it's it's also wrong, and it's not correct, it's not right, and it's very hard to get anyone to, for, to take on these individuals Absolutely. on your behalf. Like, they have the power of the state. I mean, they have, and the solicitors want to stay away from them because they don't want to be no. they don't want to be getting an audit. Hi, Pat and Tom Grant, to hear you there again with a good show as always, which I just love. And that gentleman on the panel sounds very nice, and I'm all excited as another. Great Cranston was born today. I'm just over the moon. Yippee! And great just to hear, and great to hear my my Tom there keeping well and safe. And sure, it wouldn't be Wednesday night without a big kiss for Tom from Polly the Port. I don't know you got all this charm, Tom. You certainly didn't have it on the field of play oh back over the years. I think charming was not the word that most of your opponents would have applied to you now. And congrats, and congrats to Maureen McGuinness. I think she's wonderful. You're, enti you're entitled to your opinion, Polly, on that one. Now, listening to the announcement the other morning, I was taken a bit aback. This is my opinion. is how I heard it anyhow. And uh, on the national radio station 9 o'clock news which was starts at 7 o'clock actually it finishes at 9 it was just up to the news when the announcement was made great news that Ireland had a new commissioner even though they had one already and they were entitled to one so there was no great announcement in that other than the name and when the presenter had announced the name of it being Maureen McGuinness she finished off with a comment which I found extremely odd Great stuff. What would you make of it? Well, I wouldn't be at all surprised because uh, I think RTE and I, I think RTE so, does some great things, uh, particularly RTE one with documentaries, and they have uncovered some awful dark. Uh, RTE investigates in particular. Yeah, in, in yeah. corners in Irish life, and and they needed to be uncovered. And they were uncomfortable for all of us, I suppose. But it's no surprise that she would make a comment like that because RT, uh, with some notable exceptions, it has people who have their own agendas and push them uh, very uh, assiduously. Uh, the afternoon programs in particular uh, um, 
there's a program there at three o'clock from three to half four and I mean he just pushes his own agenda and has done Red so in, yeah, in that <laughs> slot he has well, just no. pushed his own agenda in that slot and um, I think national broadcasting I think they should be a little bit more careful in who they put on air uh, because national broadcasting we pay our fee uh, you know and we don't pay our fee to have people trying to feist their own private opinions on the rest of us. So I wouldn't be at all surprised by that kind of comment. Well, surely, Pat, it's, it, it, it is rotten to the core of tea. You know, no wonder they're losing six and ten million a year. So some of them wouldn't send it for a message. If it had been in the man that was selected, yes. would the comment have been passed? Pat, I, I, I also recall listening to one, one day to Joe Duffy some time ago, and, uh, you know, it went on, this contributor was after really reading the right act. And when she finished, she was a woman, and uh, when she was finished, Joe didn't put down his, his what you call his yoke and his uh, on the feathers, feathers the column. Feather, I wouldn't finished. be as well. No, I, I, Which I, I, we better yeah, not forget the to put feather. But anyway, but what she said was when she finished, do you want me again? So, like, it's, it's, you see, this was a fixed job, again, like, and I would have had a good few dealings with him now in RT, and I would watch, have watched them down the years, and they have an agenda, they're an absolute disgrace, they're not fair, they have their own, I mean, look at that late, late show every week, I mean, he, the, the, the cronies, he's on there every week, and he's on there in the morning, right, a fellow wrote a book about nothing, and he's on there for, quite, for a half an hour, <coughs> I mean, Ryan Tuberty, you know, he's in half a million year, like, mm. plus, <laughs> You know, and, and these fellas, like, have, and people are listening to them, and people will take on board the agenda they're promoting. I mean, they're promoting, they're, I mean, they, they went up for the abortion referendum. They went there for the, I mean, for the marriage referendum. They went for that big time as well. They, so they, they lead in actual fact. And as you rightly said, they carried out a campaign against, against Phil Hogan. They were there. But there's no one you see to challenge them. And they need to be challenged. Because I, I had a deal with him now. We say, like, I mean, and let's, let's look at it as we have, as you mentioned in Opat, with Mr. Michael Lester. Michael Lester was God Almighty, you know. I mean, he had he had everything. Like he was the the real sportsman. He had head of everything, and he was he controlled the whole situation as regards who went on the, into the studio, this and that, and who who was interviewed for in the sporting arena, which is which is actually fact very bnrty and there was i mean when i was manager of limerick i mean he, he came down to limerick and he he interviewed me you know before the all before the months of final in 96. yeah and uh God, he gave an exhibition that day in the park i i had to, took the interview in the park i said we'll do this and we'll promote limerick and we'll promote everything mm. local and, and uh so i did it for the, for the long interview because we were playing temporary in the in months of final in the month and and in cork which was the Highlight of, of all the year and of the whole year, and even though he was he was nasty now. He didn't even recognise me. Mm. He, he just walked in. He said, "You know, so I mean, I said, right. I didn't expect a whole lot more because I had been I had been dealing with him like, and I knew that uh, what uh, what was capable of doing. Mm. So anyway, and we went and we won it, and uh, we won after replay, and we had a, 
a good win over over Antrim, a good Antrim team in the semi final. We played, we and we and we went down to Wexford in the final. Yeah. So our team were on the course again. This is a big team, but I've been the week at all and all didn't shoot the whole lot. So that so they said, uh, well. I got a call from, from Bill Lawler, who was one of the, the main producers, like, yeah. and he said, we're coming down to Limerick, we're, we can come interview you, come interview me. They said, no problem, I was inside and down, inside and Thomas Street, I, no big deal for me, I wouldn't talk to whatever they were to do. It would be the same thing, it would be in the park, and it would be set up, and it would be well organised, and there'd be no, there'd be no, so left and turned. I said, who's coming down? They said, oh, Michael, Michael, who was it? Oh, oh, Michael Lester. Oh, God, so Michael Lester coming down to me, I said. He can keep him above, I said. Yeah, above G, I said, because, and I'm surprised at Joe, I said, that, that you didn't actually see his behaviour since I did last year. Who did he think he is? And I didn't, there was a few more experiences, like mentioned as well, so I didn't come down. And it was the first interview that Martin Morrissey ever got. You know, but so, I mean, you see, they're getting away with it, you see. That's right. You, you have see, that's to, the point You have you to be have able to, to say, look, you have, to, you have to call a halt to this. And it's worse now than ever. And there is an agenda. They have, I mean, the, 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 the blood sports agenda is their big time. Mm. You know, and that's, and that's unfair as well. Mm. It's been loaded and they have, they, have, they have control. But it's amazing what control the microphone has. They can switch you off and they can keep you off. You know, it's a, it's a huge... I mean, any dictator or despot all over the world, the first thing they do, they take over the media. Yeah. And that is the position. That is, that'll tell you the power of the media. Like. Now, talking about the media as well, uh, uh, we... Wonder he was to have the, the, here the old saying some years ago, the, re, the, the, the real capital was Cork, and the real Taoiseach was a Corkman always as well, whether he was or not. But now it seems to have reversed. Uh, this morning, for about ten minutes, we had Leo Veretka talking about all kinds of things, and we've won quite a lot. And one would be kind of. Put to the pinned up colonially to name who the Taoiseach is, Mihal, at the moment. Just a little sound of me. I was thinking of this as I drove over in the car, would you believe? Because he was on again this evening, uh, and it was vaguely related. Who was on this evening? Uh, on the news, and it was vaguely related, I think, all right, to his, uh, his industrial portfolio. But I think the answer to it is, I mean, it's obvious what he's trying to do. I mean, he's, he's trying to uh, remain on the media for the two and a half years when he's out of office so that he can waltz back in as if he never left. Never left yeah. uh, so, but I think if I were Michal Martin, I think I would play him at his own game. And I think when when Martin becomes tarnished, uh, if he becomes tarnished, which is a big question, if, of course, yeah. if yeah. a big <coughs> if, but if whoever becomes the the, the tarnished uh, from Fianna Fáil, I'd play them at their own game, and I would certainly make sure, uh, if I could, that that I'd be popping up very frequently and acting as the T-shirt. Because, but I th- it does show, though. It, it I mean, it I think. It does show Veratkar in a very bad light, in my view. And I think the people, they're not total fools. I think they will see what he's trying to do, and he's trying to diminish somebody else. And no matter who you are, and in what walk of life you're in, you should not try to diminish anybody. And he should have a lot more respect, and, and I have a lot less respect for him. Tom, politics is a dirty game, a dirty business. 
basically Fianna Fáil and Mihal Martin are literally the hind tit, so to speak, at the present time. It is, you have Leo Varadkar, morning, noon and night, he told us about the pubs would be opening. Mihal Martin said they mightn't open till Christmas a week or two ago. Leo Varadkar said they have to open, they will be open shortly. And the, the guy in Cork, the Finnegale guy who is second in command, Coveney, he's on morning, noon, and night as well. That Fianna Fáil, who, who are supposed to be the leading party at the moment, they're literally very much time in the shade. Well, you see, Pat, what's happening there is, you see, uh, what, what we don't kind of take on board is, and is 100% right there. You see, Leo Varadkar has, has a PR team behind him big time. And that's all he is. Leo Varadkar is Leo Varadkar. May fail all the way. And he'll be on every media channel that that, that he can announce it. If there was only, if it was the opening of, of sardines, he'd be at it like. And you see, that is to keep his name there, and it, it, it has worked for him, like, there's no doubt about it, because he is articulate, and uh, he's and he's talking about everything, and, uh, you, you know, and he has definitely sidelined Mimi Martin, who is a different type of a character anyway, you know. I mean, it, he's, he looks to me to be kind of a nice little character, Michael Martin, because he's not in touch, really. He's not, he's not, he, he's based in Cork, and he's, and I, think, I don't think he ever left Cork, because he's already shown what's going on completely you know, out of touch. Behind Martin. Be, Seems to be, yeah. And, and he's given ground here and everywhere. He's, he hasn't got the weight. He appears to be, have, have a complex about himself, you know. And as regards, I, I was surprised him that Frederick was on this morning and, and, and on again this evening, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, sure, he's the T-shirt. Behind Martin is T-shirt, like, and, and uh, but, just, he's, but, but Leo is pushing himself all the time and he's only waiting to take over again that's all and, and it's, it's and he's uh, not even waiting Tom is he <laughs> well, he's well, not waiting well, well he's not waiting he's great no, yeah, yeah, yeah but the other thing of course about Michal Martin is he doesn't he, he really doesn't have the support of his own party yeah. it is very difficult to be in a leadership role whether it's Taoiseach or a principal teacher or whatever it is yeah. if you don't have the backing of your troops behind you it is very difficult you can't pretend uh, to be, you know, you can't pretend to be something you're not. He doesn't have the support and he doesn't help himself. I mean, take, for example, the agriculture portfolio. I mean, the, the, the Fianna Fáil spokesperson on that, uh, he was offered the post. He was the third to be offered the post. Right, now, that's yeah. not that's not yeah. a good sign of, of, the, of the leadership skills of Michal Martin that McConnell Oak had to wait uh, till two others had been turfed out yeah. in his own party after he giving two or three years. Oh, I agree with you 100%. And, and I'll learn that, Michal, but when you look at it, when you look at, when you're in church, let it be over a team or a school yeah. or, or, or a job or, or a factory or, or any situation, like and in particular a government that you're appointing a cabinet, Absolutely. well then you have to know, like, I mean, what is going on, going on what's going on. Mm. Yeah, and and I mean, the current situation was an absolute disgrace to say he didn't know about that. Yeah. And you see, he is in a 
Bifachon, like long before Honey came in, because she had the same advisors, these fields that closed him and a couple of them. And you see, you need to broaden your you need to broaden your outlook and he didn't ever do that. And he hasn't the popularity anywhere. No, and no. popularity isn't everything either, you know, but at the same time at at the same time like you have to be able to able to make decisions that are effective. Yeah. And he's I, not able uh, to do that. You said he didn't have the support of his party, that's Michal Martin. But yeah. the majority of his party people voted at, at that special convention to oppose abortion. And but he completely ignored them and he overruled them. So I mean, how, could, how could he have the following of his party? No, I mean, that, that was the most ridiculous U-turn yeah. of all times. And then to say that it was just something that grew on him or whatever, you That's know. Right. It was, was, very, naked was political. a terrible weakness like his yeah, well. It was naked political opportunity. He saw the way the wind was blowing. When he saw the Dublin media, as Tom said, the way they were It didn't matter that 65% of his own party had voted. I mean, and to do that to your own party members. I mean, yeah. Now, Leo is the darling of the media. He represents their ideals. Michal Martin doesn't rate an interim colour. Yeah. Well, I think Anne has a very good point there. I will give Michal Martin uh, one piece of credit. Uh, he appears to have got it right in his appointment in education. She's a very... Um, she has impressed me. She's, she's able to take on the media and uh, she's able to state her point. And um, I think all in all, uh, they did a reasonable job on the Leaving Cert and the results in very difficult, a very difficult you, I think, situation. I think you have to wait till Friday for the real kick. Well, I know that, but, but, uh, but so far yeah, she has Michal, impressed I'm, me, I I'm, I'm delighted now that, that you have brought that up because that, that you have given your opinion on that because yeah. it, it, it's been a very contentious issue. And I must say, like, that uh, not terrible well into the the actual system now myself but I, I she's a capable woman yeah. and she has been now for what reason was she appointed was it was it a gender balance we're talking about again yeah. I don't know, but whatever it is she is more than capable and she's good at the media and mm -hmm. and in actual fact there was a one of the contributors in the in, in the mail on Sunday wrote a wrote a very good article last week and it says uh, that Pat Kenny I think was a uh, give her a rough time and she wiped oh yes and she gave him more than she got. Well, of course, if 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 the media will wipe you away, right. as we know, as if you're not, already, as we know, if you're not able to stand your ground. We're staying with the leaving, uh, yeah. Naomi Hall, and it's your area of expertise. And, well, uh, and what way did? How do you? What is your honest opinion on the end result we say now, like yeah. such? Because the media have hit it very hard now, and they have picked. They have tried to pick every bone that could be picked I know that. from every yeah. angle. Yeah. Well, you see, I suppose you. We're never going to get it perfectly because people didn't sit exams, and but and and I think they got it pretty right. Now there's a major complaint, as we saw again in the media, uh, about some of the top schools in the country. Uh, their results appear to have been. Uh, uh, brought down a little bit, you know. But um, I don't hear them crying too loudly, though, in most years when desk schools, for example, uh, you know, that because you're in a desk school, you get lower results because everyone else is getting lower results, you know. So I think there's a bit of a, a, a there was a bit of balancing going on, and I work in the desk area, so I would welcome that. I think there's huge disadvantages in, in, in Irish education, and anything that will help to to um, improve the chances of people in from disadvantaged backgrounds, I'd be in favour of it. Now, I will say one other thing, though. 
Israel, uh, just very quickly, and that is that I hope that the system that they had to bring in this year could form some part of the basis going forward. In other words, I think we do need to move away from the total dependence on the one exam and the amount of pressure and anxiety that that causes uh, to people and has caused to people over the years. I think we should try now to look at um, maybe uh, half of what we had and look at maybe uh, some the better elements of what they've had to introduce this year so that this pressured leaving search can be in some way uh, altered in the future. Now back to Con Crimmendale while ago, the forestry in West Limicall the timber is being taken to a processing plant in Waterford, no employment opportunities in Limerick damaged roads, local Limerick people upset, false promises, jobs panel please. Now that's the timber Con and similarly with the fish we see it being taken into Dingle and different ports mm. and it's loaded straight off the ship into a big 40 foot container, frozen container and it doesn't even hit the ground of Ireland and it has landed out to European markets. We've lost a lot of local employment lads in that, in, in general we things like that. we lost a lot that. of local employment there, like yeah, alright, yeah. I mean, McQuilta, the actual, I mean, I mean the shipping out of, of product f for reproduction, for uh, processing elsewhere. Processing elsewhere. Processing out in the ship section. You know, there's a blame game for that. You know, people didn't want to do the work and, you know, they, it became uneconomic here. There's a, that you could have a special program on it, Pat. Didn't yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not, definitely not disagreeing with Con. He's, he's, he's a very good point there and we should bring, come back with, uh, with it on another night. But what I'd like to uh, say to Michael, I'm delighted with his contribution there now, but I want to ask him one thing that has puzzled me and uh, not puzzled me, but he's interested me and it's definitely no tipped in the air with the dish schools and was there is there a, a system even in the, the old in the regular system now you, you you brought in a very very valid point there Michal that that it should be maybe broken up more and not on one single yeah. exam and there should be maybe uh, you know more of a maybe a technical aspect to it as well mm. people would mm. be better maybe absolutely and yeah. you used in that direction but what worried me and what I saw, and it, it looked like as if this is what it got exposed in the UK and in Scotland in particular, the special schools, are they getting special priority? It says that when you go into the old traditional exam, no one knew where you were. That's not right. That's not true. Be sure, they all sit no. exams in the same school. You yeah, know? That's right. And so they know who, I mean, they know. They know they, well. They yeah. know well. Yeah. So was it like, I mean, a practice, we'll say, even an idea maybe that there would have been uh, better results coming out of the, the schools, the private schools and the special colleges yeah. and all those, you know, the yeah. higher entrance of the education I, system rather than the day schools and that people at the day schools were getting doubly disadvantaged maybe. Yeah, I, I think so. And I think what has happened here is, rightly or wrongly, uh, that Desk schools have been given a better break, and I think uh, more of their leaving such students have probably been raised, you know, a little bit. And, uh, and I think that's only right, too, because, you know, they're at a huge disadvantage. I mean, half the country 
half the, half the country are getting grinds and so on, but people in disadvantaged areas, they can't afford that type of yeah, thing. So, so I, do, I don't yeah. think necessarily what has happened is such a bad thing. But I mean, I, I just, I know we're coming close to the end and I want to say hello to, for many years I worked in the schools, visiting the schools in West Limerick, uh, right around for the diocese. I was a diocesan examiner. And uh, I just want to, to, to say uh, how well received I was during those years. And I met great friends too in Winter Asisa, uh, around Fines, Askeaton area. And I want to just say hello to all those people. I'm very fond of, of uh, this part of West Limerick and, and uh, grew fond of it when I had lots of uh, dealings with people. Well, I think myself you travel a long way to find friendlier people than you will meet in West Limerick. Absolutely, I'd agree with what that. What about East Limerick, Tom? East Limerick cold. I'm sure there are the cold. There's a difference, Tom. Or there's a huge difference. Yes, sir. Or there is, yeah. How would you get a welcome in West Limerick? West Limerick, I, I associated with Clare, the kind yeah, of welcome. Yeah, yeah. I didn't East like Limerick, to say that myself East now, yeah. East Limerick, very commercial and very... Yeah. Very, very. I, I, I definitely like. I'd, I'd, I'd be huge. That's what I, what I ran the election as well. So I, I and I live sometime in uh, South East Limerick, yeah. without naming a particular town. Yeah, yeah but Kilmallock. Go on. Yes, <laughs> and a much, much colder, unfriendly place compared yeah, to West Limerick. I found, but that's interesting. That's yeah. forty years ago now, so I'm sure yeah. they have that much friendlier sense. I was. I just tell you a quick joke. Back in you know, back in the fifties, there was a when there were there was a, a bit of. We are into borrowed time, Tom. Yes. Yeah, let it be that. But anyway, back in the fifties, when there was the when they were looking for a hangman, that's the being from England. Yeah. And um, after Pierpoint left, Pierpoint, and there was old Flynn Marwood was okay. there as well. Yeah. But there was there was a, a pub out in Galispellan. They were talking there one night, and they were talking and they were debating. You know, like it happens in the pub yes, yeah. and now for a situation that they can't. That they can't find a hand. Oh, the, the, the case is altered. That's nothing. That's near Gary's plan. Yes, the case yeah. is altered. Yeah. And anyway, they said that um, someone said there was this fellow sitting in the corner drinking a pint, and he, you know, he kept himself, and he said, "Tell me, is he did a three knock long?" We get a hangman there. Is it not South Limerick now, Tom? Okay. Well, yes, it's part of Limerick. Where is the pub over along there between Kilmallock and Knock Long? Isn't it? The case is altered. I'm not sure. No. There's a pub there along the road. Right. The case is altered, yeah. We're over time, ladies and gentlemen and listeners. Thank you for all the messages. Sorry we didn't get to all of them. And our thanks to Michal Ryan. Thank you, Michal, for a coming. It was, a it was a pleasure having you. And Tom, thank you as well. And take care of yourself, Tom. And take it easy and keep away from the wasps, the taxmen and the batmen and the whole bloody lot of doors. And of course, our thanks to Jason for doing a wonderful job there every Wednesday night as well. So until next Wednesday night, folks, take care. Stay a good distance away from everybody, including the Batman and Taxman, and mind yourself until next week. God bless. 102 FM. You've just been listening to the podcast of County Views as broadcast on the 9th of September 2020 from 9.30 to 11pm on Westlandwick 102 FM. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061 314-948 Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors TOD.ie